Hey guys, so welcome to this FND Special Awareness Day podcast. Um, we are joined by a special guest today. We are joined by Professor Nigel. So thank you very much for giving us your time. I know it's been a long time in the making. It's taken us a few attempts to get this booked in because you are such a busy man. So thank you for giving us your time today. It's much appreciated. Um, so thought we'd just start. Can you just introduce your experience with FND, kind of what your... Okay. Your experience has been with people with FND for us. Okay, so uh, obviously my name is Nigel. Um, <clears throat> I'm a, what's called a clinical psychologist and a neuropsychologist. Oh, very fancy. Very. <laughs> and I have been working uh, with people with FND for about 30 years now. Blimey. Obviously, as you might be aware, it's been called different things in the past. Mm but it all amounts to FND. So my experience is about 30 years long, working with people with FND who have all lots of different kinds of symptoms relating to, to FND. So it's had quite a few different names. It's been called like conversion disorders. And, right. and then I think at one point it was called hysteria. That's so right. we've, we've come a long way since we've, we went under the hysteria title. So that's good. So we've moved, <coughs> moved forward. With we that. have moved forward. <laughs> so that's good. So... For you then, how do you describe FND to patients when you first meet them, when they first mm. go through that process? Because there's a lot within the FND community about people getting very upset about how they're first told yes. and how, how it's said it's all in your head. Yes. Um, and that's quite damaging. So yeah. how would you put it across to someone okay. in, that isn't, it's all in your head, you're making it up? Yeah. So um, when I first meet someone, what I... I the way I work is that I try to um, get into the interview. The a neurologist say that the person has been been diagnosed by, and I try to get whoever the neurologist is to explain what they've done, what tests they've done, what the tests show, what the tests don't show, to try to help the person understand the the pathway so far. Um, and then I try to get the whoever it is, say the neurologist, to then introduce me to the individual with FND um, and to explain why they want someone like a psychologist to be involved. I then kind of take over, if that's the right thing. <laughs> you take charge. <laughs> you are and, the man in and, charge and, at that point forward. <laughs> and I try to help the person with FND understand what FND is. I immediately say... You may have been told this is in, all in your head. It may have been implied to you, but actually, we don't. I don't subscribe to that view. I don't think it's helpful at all, and I, and I think it's wrong. I don't think the idea that FND is all in out your head, imaginary, made up, exaggerated, whatever word you want to yeah. use. Because I've had them all from from people. I think that's completely wrong. I, it's a very complex. We would also agree with you. I think I'm um, speaking for the FND. We agree with that completely. <laughs> well, I think it's very damaging. It's very damaging to be told, well, actually, you've got all these strange symptoms. We can't make sense of them. So it must be in your head. It must be imaginary. I think that's incredibly damaging so on what, lots of different levels. So what would you say to those people? So what? So I spend quite a lot of time trying to explain that what FND is. And the way I try to make sense of FND for people is I try to explain to them, because m most of the people I've seen have had all kinds of scans done of their brain, of all kinds of other parts of their nervous system. Those scans look at structure. They look at, is it are all the bits in the right place? 
pulling and breaking yeah. through glee. Yeah, no, that makes sense. And like most, a jigsaw puzzle. And yes, like all the pieces fit. All the pieces fit. And so I, often, I try and say to them, look, you've had all these scans, they've had these MRI scans done. And actually what they show is that all the all, there's nothing missing. Structurally, there's nothing missing. Mm. So the problem is not that you've got damaged your brain or there's some of it missing or something yeah, like something that. Yeah, something like that. What, and I try to explain that the brain is really complicated. It's lots of different networks, like a massive computer system. A really fun computer system. Really, yeah, really, <laughs> really fun computer system. And it, the brain communicates with itself. The brain tells itself what's going on, but it also communicates with the rest of the body. And the rest of the body communicates back with the brain. So it's a complex interaction. Couldn't be simple, could it? No, it's not simple. <laughs> and I try to explain that actually it's it's like a software problem. You might have heard that a lot, but it's like a software problem in a computer where suddenly you get that wheel that spins in the middle of the oh, screen. The blue buff- circle of death. Yeah, it's, it's a bit like that. There's something, some, the, the function that is not working correctly. So the brain is not working in the way that it should for whatever reason. And so it's a functional problem. It's a problem with function rather than a problem with structure. And I explain that if if the function isn't working right, then that means that the brain and the body can't work together properly. Hence we end up with funny walks and funny funny speech. Exactly. Goodness knows what else ends up happening. (laughs) And then one of the things I'm trying to... if If I can help people understand that... And we, as we're as we're investigating this more and more, and as we're getting more sophisticated in the scans that we do, we're beginning to see some of the functioning, the areas where the functioning of the brain's not right. Oh, okay. So we're beginning it's to quite s- cool. we're beginning to see that because all the areas in the brain are all connected up in a very complex way, and we can scan bits and pieces there, and we can actually see that the communication between A and B isn't working right. The How in- often does that scan happen? Well, not very often. I'm only- about to say, it's not something I've ever been no, through. No, no, so- it only tends to happen in big research studies. Oh, okay. Okay, so what you, what we, no, so some parts of the brain, and now we now know that the, the signals between one part of the brain and another, I won't bore you with all the names. <laughs> um, part A, part B, that's fine The signals are slowed down. They're still, oh, okay. they're still there, they're slowed down. In other parts, they're speeded up. So it's almost like the whole thing's going out of balance with itself. The brain is a magical place. It so, likes to do weird things, doesn't it? <laughs> so if I can help someone understand that, um, and if I can help them understand look, that you're not mad, you're not making this up... That's always good to know. Um, then I can start trying to help people think about why it might have happened. And there's yeah. no one reason why this happens. There's, there is no one reason why I go, aha, you've got FND because of X. It's complicated. So the, the thought process that's been put out within... I don't know, professionals, I've, I remember I've seen it within the process of us doing research, was that it could only be caused by a traumatic event. No. So is that not something you... That's not necessarily true. Okay. It might be true, but it's not necessarily true. So it true. depends on the person. It's a vi- I see in FND as a very individual thing. So I can't line up ten people with FND. I know that sounds weird. <laughs> I, I mean, you could. It might I not be a straight line, but I, you could. <laughs> I can't line up ten people with FND and go, you're all the same. Yeah. Because they're not. They're ten different people. Mm. And what what triggers it will be different for all of them. Mm. Or there might be a couple of people who've got something in common. What maintains it is going to be different for all of them. It's a very unique experience for people. That's a very nice way of phrasing that. Yes, it is a very unique journey we're all on. <laughs> and, I'm so, and so I spend a lot of time trying to help people 
understand some of this mm. and, and look for things that might might be triggers. Or might um, be that traumatic, I'm saying that, with air quotes here, yes. traumatic thing. Because I think that's the other thing, is when someone says, oh, it has to be because of a trauma, you immediately think, well, I immediately thought, oh, Grey's Anatomy level trauma, where, you know, there's a leg hanging off and yes. someone's got a pole through them and all this sort of stuff. But I guess actually it doesn't have to mean no. that level. It could be something else i don't know how to well it, it doesn't have to be like Grey's anatomy level no, no, be no. Worth the, that sort of level does and, it no and it can be something from a long it could be something a traumatic event an emotionally traumatic event yes. from many years ago yeah it might be that it's a whole series of, of uh, traumatic events that have come together and it's gone boom <laughs> yeah well they've kind of reached a point where they've all become yeah. in, in 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 when they're all joined up when they all in, implode on each other they become too much and they mm. they trigger it oh i know that one well so so it's about it's complex and it's about trying to help people understand that they may we know, may not find one thing we might mm. find three things or 10 things or no things because I see a lot of people, and the research bears this out, where there is no past trauma. They haven't mm. been through something terrible in their life. The Grey's Anatomy level style trauma. Yeah. Mm. Um, <laughs> and, and so you can't find a trigger. You can't find triggers. And so we have to kind of rethink then. Mm. I, I, I often say to people, look, we can spend an awful long time looking. We spend some time looking. Mm. But, but now we have to think about how we help you. Yeah. So if we can't find what started this, let's look at how we can help you move forward how you can how we can help you kind of uh, get better and improve manage it. and manage it yeah so in so in terms of managing fnd then is it something that because people seem to be there seems to be very like once you have fnd that's it you've always got it but there are some people that believe you can kind of not be cured of it but you can manage it so mm. well that actually it disappears right. where would you sit in that you think yeah. that it can be Managed well enough to disappear. I have seen, I have worked with people who have had uh, FND symptoms for a period of time, six months, a Mm. year or longer, and then it's got better, and they've never had any more symptoms. Lucky individuals. And we're now 10 years beyond the first episode. So I can't say hand on heart, they'll never get it. But after 10 years, I can say, well, there's been no more episodes of it, no more symptoms. I've seen other people who who have had symptoms going on for a number of years. I see other people who have had symptoms, they get better, they come back, they get better. It comes back to this unique... It's just a bit of a pickle of a condition, really, isn't it? It it is a complicated It doesn't fit with any rules, is how I'm learning to view it, like... I think that's right, and I think the golden rule is there, there are is no, no golden. There are no golden rules. <laughs> there's no cheats. There's no way around it. It just kind of takes its own no, that's right. path and decides which one it wants to be on. Which yes. is good. So, in terms of managing it, then is that where things like the clinical psychology comes in, speech therapy if it's needed, yes. physio, yes, that sort of thing. I'm, I'm very much in favour of a multidisciplinary approach. So, as you just said, speech and language therapy, physiotherapy, clinical psychology... And anything else that might be needed. Well, if we're trying to help the brain function again in the right way, we have to kind of help it function in lots of different bits. Yeah. So we have to help it function physically, psychologically, emotionally. Mm. So, therefore, we need a few people working on this. But you have to have the right people. If you have people that think this is all some kind of a, a fake condition or imaginary mm. condition, that's not helpful. So I only work with people that really understand yeah. FND. I think it's difficult as well because of where people are. Like, there's kind of a postcode lottery yes. with getting services for FND. Like, 
I've been quite fortunate that where I live, I've been able to access lots of services, but I know my friend from the unit, she hasn't been able to access anything because just literally on where she lives. So for those people who can't access services through the NHS or how, however they want to access it, what would be like your tips to help them manage yeah. so that we can give them something to use yeah. from your amazing brain of knowledge of 30 years of experience of FND? What can we... What would be like your top tips to those people who can't access those services yeah. to help them move I think, on? I think there are a not move on, but manage. Sorry, manage. I think there are a couple of good websites. I thought I think Neurosymptoms. Oh, we do love a Neurosymptoms website. <laughs> the favourite one. But, but I also <laughs> think some of the FND uh, websites too. You know, mm-hmm. Hope and things like that. Yeah. FND Hope. Yeah. I think they're really useful because. People share their experiences, and mm. that can be absolutely invaluable. Yeah. Because I think that I've seen a lot of people who, who, as you say, it's a postcode lottery, but who are very isolated where they live, and mm. and have, I've ma- they've managed to kind of find their way to see me um, by various methods, um, but often they feel very alone and very mm. lonely. And actually, when they, if you hook up with other people with a similar problem, it can reduce the loneliness, and that can be really helpful. And it can um, it can make you feel like you're not going mad. Exactly. Which exactly. is a really big thing. Exactly. It really helps when you don't think you're going mad. Exactly. So I think some of the things to do with the websites can be helpful. Organisations like FND Hope and can be very very useful. Mm. And I th- but I think if you and, and I I get what you're saying. Some parts of the country there aren't any services, mm. and it's about trying to to just to find access to any information you can that's going to go down. Yeah, so you. doing things like the neurosymptoms yeah. and stuff like that is definitely good. I think it's just finding ways to help yes. when you don't have maybe a doctor on your side that that's right. or the services in your area to be able to do it. Like I know that we tried for, in my journey, um, my partner and I tried literally everything. Yeah. We had bouncy balls we had throwing games we had skipping we had chalk we had songs we had all sorts just in the hope that yeah. something would work so i think that's a very good approach is just to have yeah. try everything and if it doesn't work one day don't give up on it forever no. try it next week and i think that's right and i think i think you know some, someone said to me you know mines like parachutes work best when they're open and it's that's a, a good saying. <laughs> I like and, that. And it's and it's about like for me, it's a bit like that with FND. It's about trying things mm. and not thinking, oh, I'm not going to. I did this yesterday; it didn't work. Yeah. It might help today. And I see lots of people who something doesn't work today or isn't helpful today, but a week later, for some reason, it's helpful. Yeah. And so it's about keeping an open mind with these things. So for me, with the the fun that is FND, it's forever changing. So, what do you have like? I'm not expecting you to have all the answers in the world, by the way. I will just preface that. Like, some people, they can be... Their speech can be fine one day. Yes. Next day. Yes. They stutter. They can't find sounds. They can't... Like, that happened with me. It literally happened in the space of five minutes. I lost my speech. Yeah. Why does that do it? What What is it that suddenly triggers some... Like, do you have any idea what is it that suddenly causes that one thing that was working to suddenly go... Nah, I don't like you. I'm not going to do that today. What is it that causes that movement over? Have we got any idea from community and research? I think it comes back to the individual. I think it's different for everybody. So I can, when I'm working with people, I can often um, 
uh, assess, do an assessment mm. and figure out a series of triggers with person A. Yeah. Person B, who appears to have very similar symptoms, those triggers don't apply. So I think, again, it's very individual, the things that kind of trigger off, you've used, word, you've used an example of speech. Mm. I think it's very individual, the things that can trigger off why you could, your speech is okay one day and, and two days later... It's just really annoying. There's no yeah. pattern to it and it's really frustrating. <laughs> and for me, what I often find myself doing with people is, okay, sometimes we can identify the triggers. Sometimes I know and the person knows exactly what the trigger mm. is. But a lot of times we don't. And so I'm often saying, okay, look, we're not going to look for triggering. We've tried that for however many days or weeks. Six months, we're Let, not finding let's it. Let's think, try something else. Let's just think of a management strategy. Let's yeah. think what, what so you, when, you, when your speech goes uh, to pieces for you, let's think of how we're going to manage it. Let's have a little management plan. That's and a good plan. The way I think about it for many people is I think about coming to this, coming to FND with an empty toolbox. So okay, you, this is so new you, for me. Carry on, I'm intrigued. So Where you, am I going with my toolbox? <laughs> so you come along with an empty toolbox, and then what we do, or what we try and do... Is put is, random tools in it? Well, the tools are coping strategies. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah, because they're tools. They're, so sorry. they're tools. So, FND brain so I, <laughs> I start off, well, I often say to people, we're well, so starting today with empty toolbox... What we're going to do is we're going to we're going to involve a physio, we're going to involve speech and language, we're going to involve clinical psychology, we're going to involve whoever. And collect everyone. And we're going to collect these tools. Okay. And we're, then we're going to think about, as we fill the toolbox up with tools, which are coping strategies, yeah. we're going to think about, on the days when your speech is difficult or isn't working for you, which tools can we use out of this selection that we've now got to try to manage that problem? And that I often use that example with people a about about a, about a toolbox that we're going to fill up. I've not heard that one before. I like that. Unless my talking man did tell me that, and I've, I've forgotten because, you know, my bad. <laughs> Sorry, talking man, if you're listening. My fault. I did pay attention, I promise. Um, that's fair enough. I think it's just hard, isn't it? Because, like you say, everyone's FND is so individual. Like, yes. I know quite a few people now with FND, but... It's so individual and it changes so quickly. Yes. And there's no real warning to it. No, that's right. Other than, eh, I'm just not going to walk properly today. Yeah. I feel, don't feel like it. It's, it's very hard and you can lose yourself yes. to FND. I think that's a really hard... I mean, I literally lost myself because I forgot who I was, so that didn't help. But I think it's difficult when you lose yourself to it. What would be your advice to those people who feel like, all they are now is someone with FND. They've lost their identity and mm. their self worth because FND has yeah taken over completely. I, and I and I see that quite a lot. I see where people's have had a very busy life. You know, they've been whatever they've been a, a teacher or a lawyer or whatever, mm. and suddenly their life when when they de when they develop the FND, their lives kind of contract. They get smaller and yeah. smaller and smaller. Mm. And then, as you say, often people say to me, you know, I am just this condition now. Yeah. And so what, one of the things I'm trying to help people do is expand their kind of life, their world a bit, trying things like, because often they've stopped doing exercise, they've stopped seeing people. I know it's lockdown. I mean, you can't just go <laughs> Slightly see different with COVID currently, <laughs> but, you know, that's um, fine. <laughs> that they've stopped hobbies, they've stopped doing all kinds of things. I'm often trying to get people to 
think about expanding that bit by bit. So not, I don't give them a big list of, right, here's a list, go and do all of this. It's very <laughs> gradually, <laughs> it's very gradually reintroducing to people things that they've enjoyed in the past. So is it like challenging them to maybe go to the shop? Yes, okay. yes. But in a way that it's not, not challenging them to do something which is quite frankly ridiculous. Yes. Now, like, um, you've never done any exercise, but go and run a marathon. <laughs> no, <laughs> um, not going to happen. It's, Sorry. It's, it's, it's about trying to find short, small goals that you can expand and develop to open up your world a bit. And that, I guess, then you can record that and you can see those as your successes and you can build on it. I know that's exactly. what we've done is, me and my partner, we've done that a lot where we... We did a lot of home videos, so we filmed when my walk was bad, and then when my walk is better, I can look back and I laugh at it, because I look like a dinosaur in his mind, and I walk funny, so then I can look back and see how far I've come, and if you look back through my page, you can see the progression videos I've put up of, say, my walking, because that's the most obvious, you can see it go all the way through, and that's quite a good way of doing it you've just got to make sure you don't push so far that you yes you break your brain that, that's right and, and i think it is it is i often say to people make haste slowly sounds yeah. a ridiculous thing to say slightly but it's fine we'll roll with it, it. But it but it's about doing things in a kind of measured way rather than going at it all in one all in one because <laughs> often what that does is set you back mm. or cause you more problems yes so it's it is i often use this phrase make haste slowly and, and that's fine to, to help people just get the idea of moving forward slowly, mm. small goals towards a much bigger goal. Yeah, I think it's just, oh, just F and D is a right pickle of a condition, isn't it? I think yeah. like so. In your experience, then, because obviously you've worked with many people with FND, you've said obviously it's very individual, no two are the same. Does that mean, like, hang on, what do I actually want to say? I had a really good question then, and I've promptly forgotten it. Hang on, sorry. Um, what was I going to say? Nope, it's gone. It'll come back to me. We'll move okay. on. We'll go on to something else. That's fine. I don't need to answer that question. Anymore. I think just just going back. <laughs> so carry on. Just cutting across your question. <laughs> just go for it. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think one of the things that I find very distressing and very saddening is that many people with FND come up against healthcare professionals who appear to know nothing about it. Yes. Or healthcare professionals that have a very fixed negative view of it. Yeah. As we've touched on before, you're mm. making up, you're exaggerating mm. or whatever. Uh, or healthcare professionals that just don't know anything about it, but aren't actually, see, they don't seem to be very willing to find out about it either. Mm. They just go, they shrug, they shrug their shoulders and go, I don't know anything about that. You have to go and find someone else. Yeah. And they may not say those words, but often I see a lot of people who feel just abandoned. And I find, yeah. I find that very sad, really, because... Very sad. Because, you know, as a healthcare professional, one of the things you're taught to do is it's think. Care. Care. And, care. Think <laughs> and work things out. Yeah. And I think the least that people can do is try and find out some... Well, that some would be the in- ideal. ...information about it. But then I guess that goes to, like, back to, like, medical training, doesn't it? If it's... I'm, I'm, I'm assuming, having never been through medical training myself, you could please correct me if I'm wrong, but you learn things about, like, cancer. And things like that, don't you? You learn the big things. You learn a lot of things. You yes. learn, a, but then when it comes, FND affects lots of people. It does, and yet there's very little done in no. terms of re- um, in terms of teaching about it. Like I came across two junior student doctors the other week, and I had to explain my medical history, and I told them I had FND, and they both looked at me, and uh, they were like, "I don't know what that is." Yes. So I think it needs to start. Yeah, we can go around as people with F and D and help try and spread the word, which is what everyone seems to be doing. Yeah, but I think unless 
like I say, how they want to engage with it and they're willing to go out and learn, it's it's difficult and then you feel like you are being pushed away or shut out. Yeah, absolutely. They haven't absolutely. got the right phrasing for it. Yeah. Like the phrase that's used is it's in your head. Well, as a neurologist, you can tell me it's in my head, but that doesn't tell me anything other than you think I'm crazy. So can you phrase it in a... Yeah. A way that doesn't make me want to cry. Yeah. If you can cry, because that's also another thing. Just well, that's, that's right. That's just, right. I, just, I just like collecting symptoms. symptoms. Like, I just like doing it. And, and I, I think when, when, you, when you see lots of people with FND, their symptoms are extremely varied. Mm. You know, very few people have exactly the same symptoms. That would make it a lot easier to treat, I would imagine, if we all had the same symptoms. Yes. In a way. I mean, it'd be less interesting for guys like you who, you know, get to, like, un- unpick all the puzzles that go on in our brains. But in terms of actual treatment, it would probably make it easier if we all had roughly the same symptoms. Yeah, well, it might. <laughs> it might. It but, might. But, it, it might. <laughs> but, 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 and I think some, to some professionals, they're, they're mystified by the variety of symptoms. Mm. And I think without... Without me, without their, I don't think they're meaning to be necessarily un, difficult or unpleasant, but I think they put it in the too difficult box. Yes. That's in the too difficult box. I don't understand all Yeah, I'm not this. touching that one. That's no. That. Mm-hmm. Um, and I may be being very unfair to healthcare professionals, but I've seen so many people, patients, who, who kind of feel like they've just been abandoned and they haven't accessed, haven't got access to anything that's helpful. Yeah. So uh, I kind of think. Well, I, and I feel very fortunate that I've been able to get the help that I have. And I've been able to make the progress I have because I've had an amazing team of people around me. And what I was saying at the start of my journey was like, you're either on my recovery train or you're off it. Don't have one foot on and one foot on the track deciding whether you're going to be on my recovery train. Like if you're not on board, off you pop and I'll find someone else to fill that spot. Because I think you've got to look after yourself. You've got to find people who are willing to work with you and who are willing to learn and who are willing to go, huh, that didn't work. I'll try again in a different way. And yeah. that sort of approach. If not, you just get stuck. Yeah. I think that's difficult. Yeah. That's really hard to get stuck. Yeah. I mean, in many ways, but, you know. I think the other thing about FND is um, people recover at different rates. So some people recover quickly, and that's great. Um, but for other people, the recovery is much slower. Mm. So for some people, it's a marathon rather than a sprint. For mm. some people, it's a sprint rather than a marathon. And I think people, it's about trying, I spend a lot of time trying to help people understand that recovery process. Because a lot of people say to me, why can't I get better faster? Mm-hmm. Why, why can't I get better last week? I want to be better now. <laughs> <laughs> and, I, and, and it's about trying to help people understand there's a lot of things we can we do, you know, I do when we're mm. working with people, to try and help them understand the complexity of getting better and everyone's everyone's journey to recovery is different oh jack hates that word (laughs) it's not a journey he's like "Eh." if he was here right now he'd be like "Eh." hate that word "Eh." it's not a journey (laughs) that's just his opinion you've never met him but that's definitely his opinion he's like "Eh." no not journey "Eh." no well everyone's road to recovery is different (laughs) there you go that works (laughs) but i think it is hard like Especially when you see, so there's lots of like um, groups on Facebook and Twitter and all sorts of people posting their videos, which is great because it makes you feel less alone. But I think it also then you become a point of comparison for people. Like, oh, look, she only had it for two years and she's already out running a marathon. Yeah. I don't know anyone that's done that, but if you have, well done. Like that, and you end up going, well, why can't I do that? Yeah. And I think whilst videos and seeing other people with F&D is very helpful, you have to know 
not to compare. Yeah, exactly. You start comparing. Exactly. You, I think, you end up making a rod for your own back. Is mm. that the right saying? Like, yeah, no, that's right. Like you just right. make it hard for yourself because you're like, oh well, I need to. You push too hard, too quick. Yes. And then yeah. you end up flat on your ass, and yeah. that's just <laughs> you just don't want to do that. There's just too much going on. But yeah, yeah, I think it's just it's so personal. It's so individual. Yes. Yeah. Which is just really. Which is great, but really annoying at the same time. Yeah. And I think the other thing that I kind of... And you kind of alluded to it there. I think the other thing I kind of I kind of try to help with is FND is not just about the person with FND. It's about all the people around yes. them too. It's about helping family or maybe friends or mm. partners. Or the workplace or whatever. Yeah, it all, and I try to get involved if people will let me. <laughs> at, at, at all those different levels to try to help... Because it's a, it's an understanding that is required by a lot of different people, yes. and I try I try as best I can to to to, to get involved at all those different levels. But I think that's um, that's your patients must really appreciate the effort that you go to and trying to make sure that not only are they coping and managing, but also the people around them have got the information they need yeah. to help them. So on their days where their speech has gone funny or their walking's gone to pot or whatever it might be they understand that it's not because the person's choosing to do it yeah i think choice comes up quite a lot with f and d oh you're choosing i know i had that when i was yeah. first going through it. you're choosing to walk that way i'm not choosing to walk this way i don't know how to walk this is no. how my body wants to walk i can't help it it looks ridiculous yeah. but i'm i can't i can't make that choice i can't no. choose when to flip it on and off no exactly and that, that again that's one of those kind of erroneous things that people say that this idea that you're you're choosing to do mm. this it's like uh, i think sometimes it's easier for people who don't have it to think you're choosing because yes. it makes them feel better in some way it's probably less traumatic for them to watch it yeah. happen to someone if they think that the person's got a slight element of control over it yeah i don't know that but potentially yeah. i'm i'm clutching at straw maybe i'm going with it because i've said it now it's out there in the ether i can't take it back so <laughs> it's out there forever now but the other thing that I've noticed is when I went into um, the unit, there were lots of people there who had other neurological conditions as yes, well. Yes, yes. Is that something you've noticed, that actually sometimes people can have the FND, but also they might have other yes. con medical conditions, whether it's neurological or other, and they all kind of end up in a big ball of string that you can't untangle? Is that quite yep. common? Yes, I think it is common that people often have other... They call it comorbidities. It means other, oh, other, well, there's other a, things. There's a fancy medical phrase for you. That's a 50-pointer <laughs> in Scrabble, that one. Um, <laughs> there you go, guys. In case you're playing Scrabble, that's the word for you. Um, it, it, people often do have these other, other things going on, uh, as you say, other kind of conditions, medical conditions, neurological conditions. And one, one of the things that's interesting is that some people, their FND is triggered by a physical illness or mm. a physical injury. Yeah. So I've I've worked with people who have had some had an illness like you know some kind of throat problem a throat infection. That sounds very familiar because that's how mine started. Oh, did it? Oh, right. Well, I, I didn't know that. But um, and it's triggered the FND symptoms. Mm. I've seen other people where they've had a car accident and they. Well, you been, can understand that one. And and that's triggered FND. I've seen other people where they fall fallen over and, and broken their wrist, tripping yeah. over, and it started their FND. So lots and lots of things, medical or surgical or, yes. or injury things, can trigger off FND symptoms. Oh. And, and so oh. that's often in the uh, equation too. And I think that's another thing which um, uh, medical people or medical professionals, health professionals, don't necessarily understand, that it can be triggered by those things. Mm, it could be laying dormant for a yeah, while. Yeah, yeah, that's, yeah. I think that's the thing, isn't it? Like, 
I think looking back on the parts I can remember of however old I was years ago, there were elements of this FND lying in wait. And I think and yeah. even my family have clocked little behaviours I was doing that actually now looking back, you're like, actually, that's what my FND now is. So I think it's it just kind of happens. It kind of comes in gradually, doesn't it? And all of a sudden it whacks you like a freight train. Yeah. You're like, ah, right, I'm here. Okay. Yeah. I'm now I'm now doing this. This is fully committed to this. Fully committed to the funny walk. Yeah. Let's go for it. <laughs> and, you, and you make a very good point there about being hit by a freight train. <laughs> it feels in, like in it. That, lots of people say to me, I was fine and then I wasn't fine. It yeah. wasn't like a gradual deterioration or mm. gradual change. Lots and lots of people will say, it just hit me. Mm. There are a few people I've seen where it is a gradual change. but a lot I don't know of, which is better, if I'm honest. Well, I, I think it's, it's, different. it's just different, isn't it? It's um, person, I get, yeah. I don't know whether I'd rather be hit by a freight train for it or it just gradually happened to me. It's uh, horrible either way. No, exactly. <laughs> it's exactly, horrible either way. Exactly, exactly. And I guess that must be another difficult thing for you is you don't have FND. No, I don't. So, I don't. unless you're hiding it very well, in which case, well no, done. I don't. But it must be difficult when you're helping people with FND to have... There must come a point where you go, you just... Like, your understanding kind of stops because you're like, well, yeah. I'm, I'm not in your brain. I can't exactly. work that out. So how do you get around that? How do you... I'm not in your brain, but I'm also not in your body. So I don't know what it feels yeah. like. And I would never presume that, oh, yeah, I know exactly what that feels like. I would never presume mm. that because I don't know. Yeah. And as you point out, I don't have FND. Um, and so I'd never presume that to, to, to kind of say, oh, yeah, I know what that feels like. Mm. I, it's about, for me, it's about, someone once said to me, if someone's drowning, don't get into the water with them because yep. they'll drag you down. Chuck them a life belt. Yep. And help them. And for me, it's, it's a little bit like that. It's about okay. trying to get alongside people as much as I can to try to help them. Mm. Um, so although I don't know what it feels like yep. when your speech goes or your walking goes or whatever, mm. I, um, it's about trying to keep myself focused to try and get alongside someone as best I can to try to equip them, help them develop ways, develop the toolbox to try to help them get themselves moving again and Mm. moving forward again. So that's the way I kind of try to think about it. I don't. I'm not going to get down into the water with you because we're both. <laughs> sink. That won't work. Um, Even if I want to, it may I, not I, work. I, I've got. I've got to try and and help you with whatever I can. Mm. And I don't discount anything. I don't. I don't think. As, so once someone told me, I read some research which showed that for some people with FND, playing quick computer games like the old Space Invaders, yeah, could be helpful. Or I saw lots of people went, lots of professionals went, that's ridiculous. So I thought, well, I don't know, maybe it will work. try it. So I tried it. And for a couple of people, it worked to treat it, helped them no end. Heard it here first, guys. So Play the for, old style computer games. <laughs> for other people, it didn't work at all. So, so but it, but it, if I'd gone, ah, well, everyone says it doesn't work, I'm not going to try it, some of those people would have missed out on something that was actually quite helpful to them. Mm. So for me, it's about not having a closed mind or trying to... Like the blinkers to... with horses. Yeah, exactly. Just doing an action here, guys. I know you can't see it, but I'm putting my blinkers on quite literally. I think it's 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 just it's just such a big tangle of string, isn't it? Mm, it is. And you just don't know where the ends are. But I yeah. think that's the other... Like, with triggers then, so people get triggered and that will trigger like, their speech to go, their walking to go. Can a trigger... I'm assuming a trigger could be anything, like food, mm. drink... Anything at all. It seems the to weather, me any, anything at all, yeah. Smells, yeah. Literally, there's no like, I don't know. There's no like 
I don't know, like wearing a pair of shoes. That, that That's not like a trigger. I guess for some people it could be. It could, it? I've never come across that, but it could be. And I'm not being, <laughs> I'm not being flippant because I've, I've worked yeah. with enough people and sometimes the triggers are like, I have to do a double take. And go, oh, no, that, that, wonderful. <laughs> that is a new one for me. Yeah, that is a new one. And so, but it's about keeping an open mind to that because mm. I've come to the conclusion that triggers can be almost anything. Whether... Well, it must make it very hard to do your job then I... and, and to help people manage. If the triggers can be literally anything. Yeah. How do you even start with that? Well, <laughs> it's about trying to understand as much as you can what the triggers are. But actually, I spend more time trying to get people to recognise that, hang on, something's triggered me, something's changing, or changed, like my speech and my yep. walking. What's my rescue plan? What's my, what's, how do I, what do I do now? Do I go to bed for a week? Do I? Do that sounds I, like a brilliant idea. <laughs> do, do, do I? Do I uh, use the relaxation strategies that, yeah. that psychology blokes taught me? Uh, do I use distraction? Do I do some exercise? What do I do? Yeah. And so, and it's about for me, it's about because the triggers are, as you point out, very, very, very varied. I can't, mm. I often can't guess or get them all. So it's about, okay... Like Pokemon, catch them all. When, when, the, <laughs> when the trigger occurs, what's the plan? What do we do? Mm. What do we do? Yeah. And, and so helping people to think about this toolbox uh, analogy again, what am I going to get out of it? Is, it? is it also understanding why the trigger is the trigger? Yeah, sometimes it can be, yeah. Because can, can you not stop... A trigger. So if it was, say, I don't know, light that was your trigger, yeah. but there was a traumatic event in your past that caused light to be your trigger, yeah. if you unpick that traumatic event, yeah. can you somewhat lessen the, the impact that that trigger has? Sometimes. If you said, well, how many times? How, I'm not going to ask you for specifics. I, 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 I know that can't happen. No, but, but... but sometimes if, if, if a trigger is something like that, by unpicking it, and, and sometimes we do, I will do certain types of psychological therapy. Hmm. So something like if someone's been in a traumatic event that they may have suppressed in their mind, I'll often do some what's called trauma-focused work with them. If I can unpick that trauma, often that that, that downgrades the trigger. It's not so... It's not so... Crippling. Uh, crippling, yeah. So, so sometimes you can do things to, to change the trigger by giving people the right kind of therapy. And mm. there's lots of therapies, lots of psychological therapies that we mm. use. Um, and, and sometimes that doesn't seem to help, and it's about then managing the effects of the trigger. Yeah. So like you mentioned, distraction therapy. So yeah. I know I've done a work with professionals, and they've, we've done a lot of distractions. So my yeah. physio was a lot of distraction-based activities like playing football or yeah. playing hockey or doing a number of weird and wonderful things in yeah. my physio sessions but is that so that your brain doesn't focus on what it deems to be yes. the trigger yes and, and but also sometimes so if triggers are gonna if if something is, is a trigger you can't spend the rest of your life avoiding that trigger. No, if it was light, you'd have a bit of a problem <laughs> exactly, there, wouldn't you? <laughs> exactly. So, so what you have to do is you have to help people get used to the trigger. So if I said to you, you're never going to go near light again, you'd be saying to me, don't be ridiculous. I'll live in a cave. <laughs> you'd be saying, don't be ridiculous. I've got, I've got to live a life yeah. and it involves light. Yeah. So what I gradually start to do is try to help you have exposure to light exposure therapy like exposure therapy but coping with it yes and then gradually you hope that the trigger the impact of the trigger lessens as you get better at coping with it i guess as you do that with the exposure and you kind of unpick the triggers and things like that 
it could mean that you're, if you think about the recovery journey, if you like, it's like a graph. Yeah. Like that can cause you to go up and down as yeah. you're learning to manage it. I think that's the other thing is some people believe that they're just forever going to stay bad yeah. at that level where yeah. they can't walk, can't talk. They might make little steps up, yeah. but then they go right back down. In my mind, the way I view it is that, yes, I might have a bad day walking, but I'll dip yes. and then I'll come back up. I may not come up to the same point within yeah. a day, but I'll come back up and then I might plateau and then I might go up again and down. And it's very much an up and down process. And I think you make a really important point there because a lot of people think that recovery in FND is going to be a straight line. I'm just going to start here and get better. That then. would make way too much sense. <laughs> but, FND doesn't make but sense. But as you point out, you get you, you can have days where you improve and it can get a bit worse, then you can plateau, then you can get better again. You know, it's, it is not a straight line graph no. we're talking about. And it's about helping people understand that too. And accepting that. And accepting that, yeah. Because I was also told by... Is it my neurologist? I don't know, maybe. My big brain man. That I had to accept the diagnosis. And the sooner I accepted the fact that FND was part of my life, the sooner I would make steps to recovery. Why? I don't... I mean, I will tell people that now because I think I did that. But I don't really understand why. Why is it you have to accept it? Why is the only thing that can start your recovery, or the way that he phrased it to me, was mm. the only way that could start my recovery is if I accepted the fact that I had FND and I couldn't do X, Y, Z. Why is it not that I could start my recovery without accepting it? What, 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 okay. What's the... I don't so, understand. So, well, let me try and help. Okay, thanks. <laughs> so, so, uh, so one of the things that can happen when in the early stages of FND, if people... And, and it's very common for people... A, not to understand what the FND is and not to be able to take on what it means. So they struggle against it. They fight against it. Understandably, I'd probably do that too. Mm. Um, so they're, if they're struggling against it and trying to fight the symptoms and fight the condition and fight everything, mm. that struggle holds them back because they're putting all their energy into the struggle. They're not putting their energy into anything else. If you can okay. get to a point of acceptance... And it's difficult to do that. I don't. I don't say that lightly. Mm. I just get to the point of acceptance. Just accept it already. Just accept it. It's just not that swallow easy. Swallow it like a tablet. You'll be fine. It takes time to get there. What if you can get to that point? Then you can leave the struggle, and you can start moving forward because the struggle can be the problem. The struggle can be holding you back. Acceptance takes some struggle out of this equation, and that then enables you to start moving forward. So the FND is there. You recognise it's there, you just don't have to struggle with it, because it's there. Okay. And I'll often say to people, if, if they're struggling and they're finding it difficult to, to stop struggling, I'll often say, what, what sort of life would you like to have? What, what do you want to do? What are the important things? Mm. And they'll say things like, oh, I, I want to do things with my children, I, can't, I, I want to do things with my partner or my husband or my wife or whatever. And I'll often say, so this struggle that you're engaged in about the F&D, is that helping you do that? Is that helping you to get on with this, the value, the things that's important to your life? And if they go, no, it isn't really, then I try to help them... Shift over. Park it a bit. Or it's, park it. So it's still there. So I'm, not, so I'm yeah. not saying, look, the FND, just ignore the FND. Just pretend it's not there. I'm not saying that at all. It's never coming back. <laughs> you're, you recognise it's there, but you're just not struggling with it now. Mm -hmm. you're, you're trying to get to a point of acceptance where you can start moving your life forward and expanding it a bit. Yeah. So I think that's what, what people are trying to get across when they talk about acceptance. It just seems like such a funny phrase. Well, I think it's... Accept it. It can be used clumsily. And, I, I, and, I, think, 
And I think people often just say it as a kind of mantra without mm. properly thinking about what actually it means. Yeah, because I, I don't think it's easy to go. Oh yeah, fine, I'll accept it then. I'll, I just I, can't I, walk. I've, I've got it's it. fine. Yes. I've got it. It's fine. No problem. <laughs> okay. I think that's the other thing, isn't it? Like, it's really hard to not blame yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's your brain. Yeah. I know I really struggled, and I still struggle now. This is my fault because it's my brain. It's not like it's someone else's brain or someone... Like, it's it's my brain. It's not like I've broken my arm. That could have been caused by external factors. It's literally my brain. And I struggled not to see it as my fault. And mm. I still do every now and again. Because I'm like, well, no one else is in my head. No one else can ha- has control over it. So clearly it's my fault. I think that's the other thing is... If you struggle with the fact that it's your fault, you stop that acceptance because you're kind of like fighting it. And then when you do accept it, when you then start having to communicate with people and tell them, that's the other thing. It's that judgment. Because it's not like you've broken your arm. No, no. If you break your arm, you've got a cast on. Yeah. Everyone knows you've broken your arm. And six weeks later, it's fixed. Yeah. And FND, obviously, because it's just so up and down, it's so unpredictable, one day you can be absolutely fine. And the next day, yeah. you can be flat out unable to move. I think it's that fear of judgment that comes inside with it because it's it's a mental health hmm. condition. Is that is it is a mental health condition, isn't it? Well, Am I, have I phrased I, that correctly? I, I, I don't, think I I don't I actually see it like that. I see okay. it as, I see it as a much bigger, a much a multi system condition <laughs> in that it's got physical elements to it. It's got psychological elements to mm. it. So I see it as a, as a kind of a much bigger. Uh, issue that needs to be dealt with uh, with a multidisciplinary approach. Well, then approach. it's really quite surprising that not so, not as many healthcare professionals know about it. Yeah, you'd have thought that then that would be a very good reason for pe- for it to end up on a syllabus somewhere and be taught to med students. Yeah, Wh- whichever job they're going to go into, so that actually, if a patient comes to them, they've got some idea of what they're up against, yeah. and they can they can help in some way. Yeah. It's just a big pile of confusing, really, isn't it? Your brain must be so full of just random bits of knowledge about FND and just try them out on different people, see if it works. You can write some really interesting research papers. <laughs> It'd be hilarious. It's, for me, it's about trying to get a, an idea. When I, I, when I work with people with FND, I, I kind of, it's about, I'm working with this person. I yeah. try not to think about all the other people I've seen. I try to work with this person, you know, Jennifer or Jonathan mm. or whatever they happens to be. But, yeah. but I, I try to work very much with people as individuals. That's fair. So if you said, well, don't you do the same thing with everybody? I'd be going, no, I don't. Um, Fair enough. I, I, I very much take this, the, the, the issues that the person is bringing, let's try and work with them. And that might be different to the next person that comes along. I guess it just means you've got lots of tools in your toolbox. That's what that means. I try. Yeah, and then you can just share them out and just copy them. <laughs> and But that's, I think that's the right way of doing it. You just don't know, do you? You don't know until you try. No, no, exactly. And it's much better to try and it not work than not try at all. And then you end up missing that one thing exactly. that will really, really help. Like, I remember watching a video of an Australian teacher who got on a treadmill and could run, but she couldn't walk. Yeah. And I was like, ah, I could totally try that. Yeah. I mean, that will totally work. It's worked for this lady across the world. I can clearly do that. Did not work. No. But you don't know until you try, and exactly. then you learn what to 
try again and what to avoid and maybe yeah. running on a treadmill when you can't walk is not the safest option. And you don't try that one until maybe you're further along the process, but it's fine. You see, if we're getting the brain to, to reintegrate itself, to work, you know, in, to, to function in, in, a, in a kind of coherent way, then we have to be open to all kinds of things. Mm. I think you probably... Because there's, no, there's one, no one thing which fixes everything mm. here. It's about trying, as you say, try, being able to mind trying these things. Trying lots of different things. Yeah. Well, thank you very much for your time. It's, it's been much pleasure. appreciated. Um, if you guys have any questions or comments or anything like that that you want to send in, we can see if we can try and arrange another one when it's... <laughs> when it's not COVID and we can give it our best shot but let us know what you think let us know your thoughts if you're a healthcare professional and you have a different opinion by all means share it we'd love to hear from you we'd love to hear from anyone who's got an experience of anything really we've discussed and hopefully you guys found it useful and happy FND Awareness Day so I'll see you guys later thank you very much for inviting me anytime welcome anytime <laughs>